0: Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Monday, May 22nd. We are here live. Today's going to go fast. I'm only doing an hour and then I've got to get out of here. So jump in quickly and join us. It is a free-for-all. Phone lines are open right now. Like I say, jump in quickly. This hour is going to go by Fast. 855-950-3835. If you have anything at all you want to talk about, a question, a comment, a topic, jump in and join us. Do it quickly and we'll get to those calls here in just a little bit. I do have some things that I want to talk about. One, um, I'm going to let you know the schedule is going to change this week. I am experimenting. So this may not be a permanent schedule. It may be We'll see how things go. We're making some changes, moving a couple things around and adding some new shows. So here's kind of the rundown on what we'll be doing this week. So Mondays are not changing. Mondays are free for all. We're fine there. Tuesdays are not changing. It's the power hour. Wednesdays, we have added the Destination Health Space on Twitter every Wednesday I think we're doing that at noon. I may move it to 11. I I had it set up where I wanted to take like an hour break and then go do the space. We'll do that for now. I may change that. We'll see. Thursday and Friday are the days that are changing. So Thursday, well, you might want to write this one down or record it to keep up with this one. Thursdays are going to be a little confusing. So first hours of free for all. Just me and an hour, anything you want to call and ask me, we can talk about. Second hour, Jamie Hagan will be joining me and we'll be doing a Twitter roundup. Talking about what's going on in Twitter trucking. We're, we're trying to build a bigger following on Twitter. I think there's going to be a lot of power in Twitter. I hope Elon continues with his vision. I can see Twitter becoming a replacement for news and media. And as long as they continue to allow free speech, we will continue to use Twitter. Now, one of the things I want to address, we're going to be using a lot of social media platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn. We will not be dependent on any of them. So if any of them decide to censor, delete, stop the service, whatever it might be, it won't even be a blip on our radar. We will just continue doing what we do on our app. We're using these sites for what they have to offer, which is getting our content out and growing our tribe. And Twitter Spaces is really uh, a better technology for doing some of our shows with our guests. I'm going to talk a little bit about that. That's what's changing on um, Thursdays and Fridays. But again, we're not going to be dependent on them. We will always be able to just continue right along if anything changes. And already we started posting all of our shows to YouTube and we've been censored already. I, I didn't even bother to go look at what it was. They just, it was a destination health show and they claimed I was spreading medical misinformation <laughs> and they deleted our video. So we're aware nothing has changed on a lot of these platforms, but we might as well use them for the power that they have. Uh, If they want to censor and delete us, I'm not even going to try to fight anything anymore. Um, If you want the fully uncensored version of what we do, then for now, it's our site, our app, and possibly Twitter. Uh, But again, we're not going to depend on any of those sites. So Thursday, where was I? First hour's a free-for-all. Second hour, Jamie Hagan's joining me. We'll do a roundup of, of what's going on on Twitter and trucking and that. Then uh, third hour's rolling toe on Thursdays. We'll hand this off to Mike and Kevin Beckett. And then fourth hour, you'll come back and join Jamie and I again on Twitter for a Twitter space. The, the beauty of the Twitter space, it's different than the show. For one, it's much easier for me to have host, co-host, other speakers. The technology is uh, much easier than our setup right now. Hopefully when we get our setup done soon, we'll have some of those same advantages. But for right now, it's a great use of Twitter. And Twitter, again, opens us up to a whole new audience. So if you want to come over and join us, we will also be recording all of the Twitter spaces and you will be able to listen to the replay in the app. If you want to hear a Twitter space live, the only way is to have a Twitter account. And I'm still working on technology to try to be able to live stream both at the same time. I ordered some new equipment this week that may be the solution. A new piece of equipment just came out on the market from um, the company that I virtually get all of my uh, audio equipment from now, Rode. Uh, brought out a new piece of technology that might make this possible. Problem is the only way I can know is I could just have to get it here and test it. So uh, that's Thursday. Uh, Real quick again, first hour free-for-all. Second hour, Jamie will join me on our show on the app for a Twitter roundup. Third hour is rolling toe. Fourth hour, we go back to Twitter, Jamie and I, for a Twitter space. And I say the fourth hour. Twitter spaces can go on and on. If somebody else wants to take over the co-host and continuum, um, we're going to allow that. See how that goes. Uh, let me see if, I, oh, Friday. Friday, we are doing, again, something different. The first hour on Fridays now will be a free-for-all. Just myself, no guests. Well, I, I may bring somebody in occasionally, but nothing scheduled. It will just be myself and a free-for-all. So that's a new hour of Q&A, free-for-all, anything goes. That's a new hour I'm adding. We're going to move trends and technology. No, it's technology and efficiency now. We should have stuck with trends and technology, I think. That was our show way, way, way back when. Um, I guess we wanted to get the word efficiency in there, though. Uh, We're moving that to a Twitter space because, again, All of my co-hosts are out on the road working and the technology is working better. It's easier for them to join. We don't have the audio issues. I'm not fighting with the board all the time, trying to keep everybody's audio leveled out. And our our co-host can continue the show without me or they can do a show without me on Twitter space. That's another advantage to it right now. And again, our software is going to be able to do all this when it's done. Right now, Twitter space is a a great option and we get more reach. So that's uh, Fridays now. Then I'm going to add a new show. Uh, Just so you know, uh, by the time I finish telling you about the new show, you're going to know more about it than the rest of the team. Unless they're listening right now, they may be hearing some of this for the first time. I did text them this morning and kind of fill them in. This show kind of embodies how I work and why I must make my team absolutely crazy. But they put up with me and they always come through. So I have a habit of announcing things on the air before I tell anybody else. I have a habit of just trying something before I put too much time and energy into it, an idea, a concept. And and before I bring the team in and and take up all their time because they're busy too, Sometimes I just throw something out there and see if it works. It, it's my philosophy of ready, fire, aim. So I, I'm ready to go try something. I've worked through the ideas and most of the issues in my head or on paper by myself. And then I'm just going to pull the trigger. I'm ready, fire. Now we'll aim. Yeah, we'll get some feedback. Does this work? Do people like it? Is it the right time? those kind of things. And and then we'll go back and tweak, or we'll look at it and go, eh, yeah, it wasn't such a great idea. And we can just scrap it and move on without putting a lot of time and effort into it. This show that I'm adding is kind of like that. I've wanted to do something like this for a long time, but it always feels like a big project. We got to go get new video equipment and we got to figure out how to use all the software and gimbals and booms and And we need the logos and schedules and websites. I don't want to go through all that because I'm just not sure if this show uh, will be well received or popular enough to continue doing it. So I'm going to try it. Probably within the next day or two, I'll probably put out um, the first video. This is going to be a video series and I'm calling it Unleashed unleash the chaos. It's kind of how I do everything. And it is a little crazy, and I know it's hard on everybody around me, but I've given up trying to fight this. This is how I work best. This is when I create stuff. This is when I learn stuff. And it is chaos. I get it. And On the surface, you look at it, if you would just organize your chaos, you would be so much better off. You would learn more, you would figure more out. The problem is I've tried it for years and decades. The minute I try to document this kind of stuff, all creativity flies out the window. I just don't get anything done. I get too frustrated trying to document stuff. Even if I hired somebody to follow me around and document everything, I don't think they could do it and I don't want somebody following me around all day. So chaos it is, I'm not fighting it anymore. Um, We're just gonna roll with it. So the show matches my approach of chaos. We're calling it chaos, Unleash the Chaos. There's two parts to it. We have the chaos garden and the chaos kitchen. And because the show's about chaos, there is no schedule. And you never know, I won't even know sometimes when I pick up the phone, Is it going to be in the chaos garden? Is it going to be in the chaos kitchen? Could it be both? I might be picking something in the garden and taking it into the kitchen to do something with it, but it's going to be about food from seed to, we'll have to come up with a cool saying, from seed to what? From seed, we could, no, I don't want to do that. Um, (laughs) From seed to where it ends up in its ultimate journey. We'll think about that for a while. Um and my my the way I work in the garden and the kitchen is chaos. I've talked about it. I will take one seed or one plant and I will plant it with five completely different methods and kind of see what works better. One I'll start in a small cup and transplant it three times before it goes out to the garden. One I'll start in the garden directly. One I'll start by starting the seed in water till it germinates. One, I'll use a different type of a planter or a different feeding method, or I could go on and on and on. I get it. If I would document all these things, I would learn faster. But again, I can't. Once I start trying to document, then the whole thing falls apart. So that's what this is going to be about. I'm the same way in the kitchen. Here's an example. People always want recipes from me. I can't give recipes because I don't even have any, and the joke around my house for anybody who's eaten here is that, enjoy the meal, you'll never have it again. And and that's, in a sense, it's true. So here's an example. I, I may open the refrigerator one day and see two bottles of hot sauce that are almost empty. I have no idea what they are because I made them and I didn't label them. I have no idea what peppers or combinations of peppers they may have, Come from. I'm not even sure if it started as a fermented hot sauce uh, and then became a refrigerated hot sauce. I don't know. And I have two of them and I don't know what they are. So now what I'm going to do is I'm just going to mix them together because I don't have enough of either one. And then I'll use it in something like my chili or my barbecue sauce that time. Well, it might be really good, but you're never going to get that again because that's just the way I cook and that's the way I work in the kitchen. It's just total chaos. So, and then to make this more chaotic, I actually have a section in my garden called the chaos garden. Now that's a very specific. So the chaos garden, the name is just the theme, big picture in general, the chaos theory, the way it works. But I do have this specific place in my garden called the chaos garden. So when I'm planting seeds, by the way, I'm not seeing any phone calls. I don't know if you're just really uh, into what I'm saying here, so nobody's calling. Uh, But remember, we only have an hour today, and I've already taken 15 minutes. So if you want to jump in, pick up the phones, anything goes. You don't have to talk about what I'm talking about. I'm just giving you some updates from the weekend and new show schedules. So 855 950 3835. So here's another piece of chaos. I I collect seeds from stuff I'm growing. I still buy seeds because there are some varieties that I do like, but they're hybrids, So you really can't collect your own seeds. So I just buy those every year. I tried to get my seeds organized. I, I can't do it. It's way too much work and too much time. So instead, I when I'm recovering seeds, and I know what most seeds look like, I, I can tell a tomato seed, a pepper seed, a cabbage seed, a basil seed, whatever it might be. But what you can't tell are the varieties. And I grow lots and lots of different varieties. But seeds are seeds for me. I'm not going to try to separate them by variety. They go into one tin And when I want to plant some peppers, I just start planting peppers and I have no idea what variety I'm getting. I take that one step further though. When I get down to say, well, I don't want to put a number on it because it's more chaos than that. When I get down to a point where it doesn't look like I have a lot of these seeds left, I have a bucket, a five-gallon bucket with really fine dirt in it, real fine soil, mostly compost, and I just throw the seeds in that bucket of dirt. Now that bucket of dirt is completely dry, bone dry. There's no chance the seed's going to start to germinate. I just throw them in that bucket and mix them up. And then the next time I have some leftover seeds, I throw them in the bucket. We're talking uh, herb seeds, vegetable seeds, flower seeds, medicinal seeds, seeds some exotic seeds, maybe everything goes in there. I just throw it in the dry dirt and shake it up and set it there. And then at some point I go down to my chaos garden and I just start throwing out handfuls of these seeds and dirt. I have no idea what's gonna grow, if it's gonna produce anything or not. That's total chaos. This is how I learn, though. So the chaos garden slash kitchen is just going to be me grabbing a phone and it it might be this afternoon I don't know might be later tonight tomorrow morning there's no schedule I might post three a day and they'll only be two minutes long or I might might post one that's an hour of me doing something in the kitchen or the garden In the kitchen will be making yogurt and fermenting vegetables and making sauces and recipes and uh, canning. I'm going to start working on a series of canning meals for the truck, um, not just meat, but meals with a lot of meat in them, obviously. So that's the kind of stuff we're going to try with uh, Unleash the Chaos. It's all about food from seed to what? If you've got any ideas on that, send them to me. Unleash the Chaos from seed. We got to figure it out. But it's all about food, everything you can imagine with food. We're going to go to the phones. We've uh, only got about 40 minutes left, so jump in and join us. We're going to get started in Ohio today. Herschel, welcome to the program.
1: Well, Kevin, you've talked to me enough that you probably can guess what I'm going to say the name of that should be.
0: <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> From feed to shit? I, I knew it, yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I that one's in the running. <laughs> Who knows? You know, it's chaos. We might as well just yeah, follow I, the theme. Well, if you threw an S
1: or a O in there, are you? Uh
0: oh, say that again. Um, you broke up.
1: Twitter. If you threw a O in there somehow, then you would have S O S because you could use that to clean it up.
0: That's right. hey, we got to work on that. All right, let me think about that. Um.
1: Twitter Spaces, you've been talking about it, and I've been goofing around with that damn thing. I've been on Twitter for a long time. Main reason I'm on Twitter is because I love racing, and there's all kinds of good racing news on Twitter. Oh, good. And so I, I follow you, of course. And um, so I did hear you say the other day you forgot to hit the record button, so that's part of it. <laughs> Twice. How so, in the hell. So I, I think I figured yeah, that out. How in the hell when – when you do the spaces thing, like Thursday, Friday coming up, how in the hell do we get to it so we can listen to it? Do you, can you make that so that I can get it? Because so far I ain't figured it out.
0: It it is a little clunky. I like I said, I, I'm still figuring it out, and it's changing. Twitter is changing so fast right now, which is good. Just hard to keep up with. But I I scheduled a space. So that people would know about it ahead of time. And then there's a little button there so you can set a reminder. But then when I went back to start the space, I couldn't find the one I scheduled. So I had to start a new one, which means all the people that set the reminder didn't know that I was in a different space. So I'm still trying to figure it out myself. Here's the best thing I can tell you. You already follow me, but go to my page and right to the left of where it says, follow me, you'll see a little bell and a plus sign. Click on that. Then you'll get notified when I do stuff. Now it might get a little annoying because you'll get notified every time I tweet and you may be able to customize it. I tweet a lot. But you'll also get a notification when I do an event and you can just click and set a reminder and then you'll have the link. Um, and I'll try to make sure we always post it on the top of my profile page. So if there's a if you know there's a space coming up on Wednesday, I'll try to make sure that one's pinned to the top. So you go to my profile page and then you'll always have that link there.
1: OK, OK. I just followed that link, and I was able to do that. The only problem is now I have 11 in a little red circle for
0: notifications. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. So I tweet a lot. I'm very yeah. active so on there. On the Twitter, on at least on my
1: iPhone, at the very bottom, there's home and search, and then your regular notifications. There's mail. But in the center, there's a goofy-looking thing that you might call – yeah, kind of like a microphone that looks like it's smiling.
0: That's Twitter Spaces.
1: And it, if you hit it, it yeah, that takes you to Spaces. I just found that. I've been looking and, for it. I finally figured and, that out.
0: And I so, believe once you're there, isn't there a search option? Because there's a lot of spaces there is, there is going a on. At the top. Yeah, so that's one way you can probably search for my name or Let's Truck. I'm not sure what you would search for. Um, but that, that's one way. The other way on the phone is, is if on uh, the way I've mine set up and it might be different. I don't know. If you look at the top when you're on the phone and you're on the feed, the, the very top of your feed, you should see spaces scrolling by left to right. Now I don't know I how much see that. I don't know how much good that does anyway because if you click on it, there's just a whole bunch of spaces and then you have to find the one you're looking for. The best way, like I say, is follow me, get my notifications, and then we'll we'll schedule our spaces every week, and that way you can click on it and set a reminder yourself.
1: So just because we may or may not have this figured out, if you're going to do a space. Show Kevin Star Trek, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing a space show, could you throw a regular text like comes from Let's Truck normally? That's always come to say, "Hey guys, we're doing a space at you know 1400 with Jamie Hagen, whatever." That, uh, then everybody would know that you're getting that, and then you could go to Twitter because it would tell
2: you
0: that. That's a good idea. Let me run it by the team. We do spend a small fortune on those text messages, by the way. Um, so I, I do. We have oh, to okay. we, we have to consider that. I'm not saying we won't. It's just I know that, that every year we buy a huge bulk of text messages so we can get that cost down as much as possible. So I'll just have to see how we're doing on credits, if that's something we can do going forward. I like the idea. Uh, I'll run it by the team. The team's not entirely sure what spaces are yet. I I haven't really had that meeting with them. Again, it was chaos. I started doing a space and one day the team's listening going, what is he doing? What's this Twitter space thing? So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll start working on our processes here as well.
1: It, it would really be nice if your app would just do all this stuff and we wouldn't have to throw another level of tech and another app
0: to it. That's what we're working on. Now, we, we do know that once I get the recording down on Spaces and I, I think I can even set it up so we're doing a local recording at the same time so we have a backup, um, then Aaron will come up with a process of putting those into the app. So the first step and I'm 99% sure we can pull this one off is that you will be able to listen to a Twitter space in the app, but not live only after the fact. The part that I'm working on that I'm really struggling with, but again, I I ordered some new equipment this morning, just came out um, and I think I may get it before the end of this week. I may be able to pull off being able to broadcast the space live in the app. That's the one I'm struggling with.
1: Yeah, that would be good. If you could figure out how to make it work.
0: I'm working on it and I'm not giving up. I thought I was done. And then I got an email this morning and the, the company I buy all my audio equipment from came out with a new piece of equipment and it just might be what I need.
1: Well, go back to when we were kids and drop a quarter in that slot where you slide a credit card. Maybe that'll help, like the pay phones.
0: Yeah, exactly. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see. We're working on it, though. A lot going right, on this Kevin. week. All
1: right, bud. I'll
0: let so, you hey, hey um, are you, yeah. do you think you're going to be interested at all in the, that video series?
1: I am, but I haven't heard you yet say where we get it.
0: Oh, good point. So I haven't said that yet because I haven't figured it out myself. I have a couple options. Um, I have the option of starting this in YouTube live. That's one way because it's a pretty decent, you know, video editor film. I can use the the live version itself to do the video. Then it's got a pretty decent editor and it's going to store all our videos. And then we can just distribute them from there or... Um, I could use the live option uh, in our tribe site, so I, I'm going to play around with both of those. But once we, once the video exists, our idea would be again, um, the recording will go out everywhere. You know, we'll just blast that out everywhere we can put it. Uh, live, I don't know where you're going to find me yet. Whether it's going to be a YouTube live or uh, live from our website. No. Okay. In the beginning. Well, once you uh, go
1: over a thousand, I think. Oh, go ahead. I think it's a thousand followers on YouTube. If you go over a thousand, then you can monetize it. and You get a couple of bucks. It's not a lot, but you get a little bit.
0: I, yeah. I think we're at 4,000 followers or so on YouTube. We haven't done a lot over there yet, but we're, we could monetize ours if we want to. I looked at it. There's a whole setup process and application. We should probably do it, but you know, Chaos will will intervene, so we'll see.
1: Well, um, the good thing about that is YouTube is the one that pays you, not the people that watch.
0: Right, right, which is kind of
1: nice. You so, get yeah. you get paid because
0: they're watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know, know one guy; he's
1: got like forty five thousand subscribers, and he said that he gets like six hundred bucks a month, which isn't a lot, but hey, six hundred bucks is six hundred bucks.
0: Yeah, and. The, the number of subscribers is one factor. How often they watch is another, your total watch time. And, and already our, our watch yes. time is going through the roof on YouTube because we went back and we are posting three videos from every show every day. Some of those shows were going back as far as 2015, and pulling some of our, you know, really old podcasts from way back then. And we're posting them all on YouTube every day. So our numbers on YouTube are going through the roof right now.
1: Yeah, and if you're not doing it, and I, I haven't looked you up on YouTube for a while, but make sure to tell everybody hit that like, the thumbs up, because if you do, and somebody's watching something that's even closely related to what you're doing, that your stuff will pop up to them all by itself and it, you don't have to do anything it just pops up in the
0: feed you know that's that's just good advice all around you would, on social media everywhere you see us if you would it, now don't do it if you don't think it's good but if you like the content like it share it do all that stuff you do on whatever site you happen to be on because you may see this on instagram or linkedin or wherever we're, we're going to try to grow the tribe because when we grow the tribe, it's better for everybody. So it's time, and uh, we are going to be asking for that kind of help. Like it, share it, spread it all over the place.
1: There you go. All right, Kevin, I'll let you get somebody else. You don't have a lot of time left, you said. so.
0: All right, good stuff. Yeah, we're about halfway through the show. We're only going to 9 o'clock today, Pacific time, so jump in. Uh, We do have room. I'm going to get back to some calls. 855-950-3835. Let's go to West Virginia. Randy, welcome to the program. Hey, uh, Herschel, that that
2: question I was going to ask. And when you told him how to do it, I went through it, and I fixed it. So every time you send one, I get a message.
0: Good. That's that's probably the best way. And I know it might get a little annoying because I tweet a lot, but I'll go in and see if I can figure it out. It's possible that you'll be able to customize your notifications. Like if you don't want to get notified every time I tweet, because there are times when I tweet 10 to 15 times a day, uh, maybe you can turn that off and only get notified about spaces. I'm not sure, but I'll go look.
2: Name of
0: your show what's that seed to
2: feed
0: seed to feed, seed to feed. oh yeah i kind of like that somebody uh I think somebody on the team sent me seed to table seed to feed
2: it's, it's, it's
0: funny. yeah so and, and seed to i know that's why i didn't you know seed to table is the obvious but I, I wanted to do something different because that one's used a lot farm to table all that so seed to feed Let me, yeah, that's going to go on the list.
2: I appreciate everything you do, pal. All right. Love your show.
0: Thanks for the call. I appreciate the support. All right, so uh, that was it for the calls. If you want to jump in, I've got some other uh, articles here I wanted to talk about from the news. Um, So I'll get started on those. If you want to jump in, 855-950-3835. When I took that trip, for the uh, the two speaking engagements I did in Tennessee, um, the whole conference was about um, nuclear verdicts and lawsuits in trucking and I'm not really sure why I was the keynote speaker, but I was there. It was really interesting. I've talked about it a little bit. There is uh, another nuclear verdict in the news right now. A couple of lessons in here, too. One, just that these nuclear verdicts aren't going away, and they are really unjust, in my opinion, and I'll I'll explain why. I I talked about a really big verdict. Uh, Oh, who was it? Werner? No, talking about Werner right now. Maybe it was Werner, though. I I think it was. Is this Werner twice that got hit with one of the—I'm going to have to go back and look at that. I think it was. I think they had a $150 million nuclear verdict where the car had been parked on the road and two adults got out and left two children in there. I told that story. The driver was not charged. They, they, They determined the driver could not have avoided that accident, even though it was a rear end collision because of the road, the crest, whatever it was. He was not charged. They said the driver could not have reasonably avoided that accident and yet Werner had to pay out like 150 million. Here's another one. 100 million dollar crash lawsuit. Um, an icy road, kind of a student driver, he did have a CDL, the trainer was in the back sleeping. Uh, the collision was because a car came across the median and hit the Werner truck head on. The investigation concluded there was no way the driver could have avoided the accident. The driver received no charges whatsoever. Hundred million dollar lawsuit, actually a little more than that, hundred million dollar award. They won the lawsuit or Werner lost the lawsuit. The, the what it came down to was ultimately they said the truck shouldn't have been on the road. Period. That's such bullshit. We all know. We've all been there in that where you go from rain to freezing rain. The roads are fine. The bridges start to freeze up. The you're. I've always said if you know the conditions are really bad, you should get off the road. I I, I believe that. I used to do it myself. We don't need to be heroes or cowboys or, well, I can drive through anything. Uh, if, the, if the conditions are that bad, especially black ice, get off the road. But there are times when you can't. There are times when it wasn't expected. It wasn't predicted. You're on the road. It starts to happen. As a professional driver, you realize it's happening. But sometimes you can't get off the road at that point. And parking is not a good idea if it's not a safe place on the highway to park. And that may very well have been the case here. Now, the nuclear verdict is one lesson for Warner and trucking companies and big brokerages. These are big issues. The industry is struggling with this. The industry cannot afford this kind of stuff. But there's another real lesson in here, something I have talked about for decades. That is the issue of liability if you are an owner operator and forming corporations, I'll make this statement first. I've been making it for decades. Never form a corporation because you think it's going to give you liability protection. It won't. Although all the commercials on late night TV and radio will swear, oh, form a corporation, protect all your assets. Bullshit. It doesn't work. Let me give you an example of how wrong that really is. This Werner driver was not an owner-operator. He was an employee driver. You can't get any more protection than that. And the driver got sued and they won a $13 million lawsuit against the employee driver directly. If they can attach that kind of an award on an employee, you damn well better believe they will do it on your corporation and on you as an employee of that corporation. There is no lawsuit protection other than insurance. That's all we've got. Corporations will not do it. Don't waste your money forming a corporation because you think there's some sort of liability protection. That's bullshit. It doesn't exist. Now, Are they ever going to get $13 million out of this driver? Hell no. They're not going to get $13 out of this guy. But he's got a judgment hanging over him now for who knows how long. And if you tried to form a corporation to protect yourself from this, the lawyers will go after the corporation. They'll take any assets your corporation has. Then they're coming after you personally as well, just like they did here. And they managed to succeed with an employee if you have any questions about that, call me. Let's uh, let's go to South Carolina this time. Howdy.
3: Howdy. Um That's just outrageous. The country's going to hell with ambulance and lawyers. I thought my
0: head was going to explode. I get it when it's an owner-operator. They they will. That's another business. They're going to go after it. They usually can't get any money. There's another reason not to go form a corporation to try to protect your assets. Maybe you should figure out if you have any assets that they're going to come after, too. You know, they, they, they went after this guy knowing he had nothing. I'm assuming he had nothing when we're talking about legal. He certainly doesn't have $13 million. So uh, this is just crazy, though. This has yeah, got to it? stop.
3: Yeah. Uh, I thought of a name for your segment. Uh, what is it? Seed to manure.
0: Seed to manure. There you go. That's a little more socially acceptable, maybe.
3: Seed to manure via the Jeez. sewer.
0: <laughs> 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 oh boy. Now we have a tagline too. All right. That one's going on the list.
3: Yeah. So uh, I'm on the way to pick up my truck. It's meant to be ready today. So the, uh. when they started the job on Friday, <coughs> I told him, I said, if you can't finish it, I don't want you to start it. Okay. Let me go and find out. Yeah, we can get it done today. Okay. Do it. There you go. Well, come five, come five o'clock. but uh, technician, he decides he's had enough and he's finishing for the day.
0: <laughs> oh, no. They're open
3: till 6.30. Yeah, so I said said to the the service writer, I said, go and tell that technician, I got 200 bucks cash. If he'll stay late and finish it, because that was cheaper than staying in the motel for the weekend. And I had other stuff to do as well, so can't make money sitting in the motel. Um, and she comes back. He's already clocked out. He doesn't want to do that, so he'll finish it on monday so i've been sitting in a motel all weekend twiddling my thumbs so
0: oh uh, yeah you gotta love that so uh let us know how things go when you get it out
3: yep will do okay talk to you later thanks all right
0: thanks for the call let's uh oh let's see calls are starting to pile up we'll try to get through them here because we uh yeah i'm here there you are i'm hearing something all right go ahead
4: <laughs> how's it going Ha. Uh, hey my uh my um my uh note, or my show name is seed to soil
0: seed to soil oh I like that because that's really where it's ultimately going to end up again isn't it?
4: it It eventually ends up back in the soil <laughs> all right, it's on the list. We're getting some good ones <clears throat> hey did you uh i thought you mentioned last week that some of these Twitter spaces were available already on the app. Is that, that, Was that the case or are they not posted yet?
0: I thought it was because the first one I remembered to hit the record button and then I did two or three more and forgot to hit the record button. But Aaron is still working on the process of getting them into the app. So we don't have that worked out yet. I I misspoke on two things. This is, we're back to the chaos because I work in a bubble by myself and I don't have half, I, I don't know what's going on half the time. The other day I said the two sites were combined already. Because I kept seeing all this. What I didn't realize was Aaron and the team are pre-populating the site. So it's there, but it's not live for everybody. I could see it. But so I am starting to post as though it is one site. And then when we get things kind of, you know, working out, then we'll probably flip the switch and make that happen. So I, I misspoke on both of those things the other day.
4: Okay. I'm, I wonder if they're not accepting memberships right now. Cause I actually went on the day you said it was combined. I went on to renew my subscription and on the app, there's a little thing that you click choose a plan. And I clicked a, like the drop-down menu and it said something about it's not available or something. There was, a, I, there was no option to click.
0: I'm going to ask right now because I know the team's listening and I don't know the answer to this. It's possible since I don't know how we were doing this transition, it's possible that we've also turned off new subscriptions because they're going to change. I'm not sure, but I'm asking right now and I'll see if we get an answer or not.
4: Okay. Yeah, I actually let mine lapse uh, with plans because I knew you were close on combining them. So I thought, well, I'll just wait until he combines them. And
0: that, but, uh, Yeah, that's, that's the chaos through the transition here, but we'll get through it. Yeah.
4: And then as far as the store goes, I you might not have a direct answer, but do you guys keep um, in stock the Garmin dash cameras? I placed an order last Friday, and I hadn't seen any notification that it actually shipped yet.
0: Uh, I Let me see. Wait, I'm getting some I answers. I can call TribeCare,
4: Character It's not a big deal.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm getting some answers here. Um, oh, on the sign-up, go ahead and sign up for Healthy Tribe. That's the subscription that will continue.
4: Okay. Yep. That's the one I had before.
0: And then when you're in Healthy Tribe, we're we're moving all the trucking information over. So you'll be getting all of that as well. Uh, As far as the Garmin dash cam, I thought that we kept uh, everything we sell. I think we keep everything in stock, at least a small inventory on some of the more expensive electronics. Uh, But I'm sure I'll get an answer on that here any minute now as well. Um, normally, those are in stock. They should ship pretty quickly. I know the store has been swamped lately with uh, new products coming in and um, a lot of orders going out. The uh, dental kits have been huge. We've sold out of those so many times already. Um so, uh,
4: yeah, that's why that's why I was actually asking because I ordered both. I ordered the dental kit and the GPS. And I, if I have to maybe cancel the GPS and reorder that, I would, you know, yeah, I don't, so I can get, we're going on a trip for a month of June. So oh, I want to have the dental kit at least. You know, I was you, hoping to have the dash camera as well. But
0: you know what you should do then? Um, you should call Tribe Care so they can give you a specific answer about your orders. Okay. That's what I'll do. All right. Anything else today? That's all I had. Thank you. Perfect. All right. Thanks for the call. Let's go back to the phones. We've got um, got about 10 minutes left. I could probably handle another call or two. If not, I've got some other things I could talk about. Or who knows? Maybe Casey and I will talk the rest of the show. Casey, welcome.
2: Good day. Um, first of all, on the name for the show, seeing as you're talking about chaos, how about seed to sanity?
0: <laughs> seed to insanity. Sanity maybe. being the end sure. result. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> by, by the time I get through it, I've, I've, I'm a little sane at the end. Um, I,
2: I, well, I, that's the work in progress, right? Yeah.
0: I, but there's another one on the list. You guys are creative today.
2: Uh, it's because it's Monday. I had to get a rest.
0: Yeah, that's it. There you go.
2: <laughs> um, so I've made the hot honey, uh, I believe, three times. First time with some regular jalapenos that I bought at the local store. Cleaned them up. Everything everything went good. No issues. Um, The second time, did you lose me for a minute?
0: Uh, No, you're okay. Go ahead.
2: Okay. The second time, um, I bought a bag of organic ones, and I left them for three weeks, and I had a big spot of mold on the top. So I basically just threw it all out and I'd use the, I used the seeds as well. And I also put in a couple of, uh, habaneros with that, but it, it molded two jar the two jars I did it molded fairly significantly on top. And then this third one I did, I only left it for a week and one jar was fine. And the other one had just a little, like a centimeter spot. Of mold. Uh,
0: all right, uh, hold on one second. Um, I was uh, I was talking to somebody in the background. How do it. I? So it we have a change of plans. Um, I'm not going to quit at nine. Um, somebody just came in and told me my plans have changed, so I can hang out a little bit longer. If we get calls right now, I've got nothing. Uh, if you want to jump in, I'll hang out, or I will wrap it up because I can go work on some of these other show ideas I've got going on this week. A lot going on. So uh, either way, if you want to jump in and I just lost the call that I was on. Um, Casey, I will go ahead and answer about the hot honey in the mold, um, or you can jump back in if you want. Uh, and again, I'll hang out if you want to stay here, 855-950-3835. So the mold, uh, one thing if you're getting mold at the top, Uh, You can use weights. I've said that I don't use weights in honey because everything seems to stay underneath and I don't get mold. Um, I did get some mold um, on one batch after I had um, made it into the hot honey and bottled it. One of the ways to slow that down or solve that, hold on one second, is to add vinegar. You can buy pH strips from Amazon's one easy place to get it. It's, it's little paper tape. You tear off a piece, dip it in your honey, your hot sauce, whatever it is. It'll tell you the pH. We want to get that pH down to a nice real low number, down into the three to four range. And the acid in the vinegar will do that. And the acid can actually improve the, the hot sauce or the hot honey anyway. It, it gives it a little bit of acidic bite to it, which I kind of like. It mellows out the flavors a little bit and blends the flavors better. And then the um, hot sauce becomes shelf stable uh, without worrying about mold at all. While you're fermenting, that adding the vinegar is after you're done fermenting. While you're fermenting, um, I, I would just say work a little cleaner um, and use weights to hold the the uh, peppers and whatever else you're putting into the honey under the surface. I've never seen mold start anywhere except the surface. So if we can keep the, the, um, the vegetables or whatever we're adding, herbs, garlic, jalapenos, peppers, whatever, keep those in the honey, not poking out of the surface. Um, that should take care of that. And then, like I say, once you're done fermenting, then you can add some vinegar and you can add all kinds of vinegars. Play around. Apple cider vinegar, white vinegar, rice wine vinegar, balsamic vinegar. Get creative, but test the pH, get it down into like 3.5 range and it becomes very, very shelf stable and it won't mold. The other thing to remember is this is truly fermenting and we have had bottles explode the fermentation process with honey seems to be powerful, probably because there's so much sugar there for the bacteria to feed on and you can create some crazy pressures. So be careful with that. Make sure you're venting. Let's, uh, let's go to Texas. Tony, welcome to the program.
5: Kevin. Hi, Tony from, I hate brokers trucking. Yeah. All of these times that I've called, and you can't remember that I own a PACCAR, even when you said you'd kick my ass if I sold it. It's
0: yeah, it's it's such it's so traumatic for me to even think about PACCAR engines. I think I block them out mentally.
5: Wow, this phone really does suck. I can hardly hear you on uh, my end. But, um, hey, do you know which Garmin I should get along with my watch that works um, and has a dash cam? I really don't have an answer still for that. And with what you're talking about, lawsuits and stuff, I can't go around without a dash cam. Um,
0: I thought the Garmin, all the Garmins we sell in the store are compatible with the Garmin dash cam.
5: Okay, so the dash cam is separate. It doesn't Uh, come on board with the actual screen.
0: Let me check. We may have, we have the dash cam. We have the... I don't believe the Garmin Diesel has a model with a built-in dash cam, but here's the thing. I wouldn't get one if they did. The problem with putting, in my opinion, the problem with putting the dash cam physically on the navigation device is now it limits where I can mount the navigation device. I have to mount it in a place that the camera works properly and it's pointing in the right direction, and I, I, where I put that, that screen for me is too critical to be limited by the camera. So I prefer a, a, a separate camera that I just run a wire down and connect it to the um, navigation device. Now I can put my screen wherever I want it, and I can put my camera wherever I want it.
5: What about logbooks? Do these come, um, I don't, they have there, a logbook? where they you do. don't even have to pay because McNally.
0: There is an e-log compliant ELD and we have it in our store.
5: Uh, but is it like in the same unit, like all in one and does it have tracking? Do you know?
0: You, if I, if I can't answer specifics. I haven't used any of the ELD stuff. It would just be too hard for me to go out and try to test that kind of stuff. But um, we can answer all those questions for you. I, I believe it does have all of that stuff, but don't hold me to it on details. But th- we, should be, yeah, all right. uh, we should be able to go right into our information. Um, simple one-time purchase, no subscription, uh, compatible with your diesel. Yes, you're in compliance. Um, We could probably, like I say, um, figure it out right from our website. There's probably enough information on there. We'd be able to answer that. Uh, It looks like it's a really nice little unit, not very big at all. Looks like a little, almost like a little uh, photo lens, but smaller even. It's like a round cylinder. It plugs right into the port on the truck. And then you take a cable out of there right to the diesel and you're all set up.
5: I imagine you wouldn't have it unless it could is uh, import to the DOT. If you get a roadside stop, you know if it can send uh, them all of
0: it, their it, Yep, it e-logs is it, to them. 100% compliant. And right now, that's a pretty big deal. I've been I've reported on three different companies that have been producing ELDs that all lost their compliance. That seems to be a big thing right now. These companies aren't staying compliant. Now, Garmin, you know, a lot of those ELD companies are new. They got formed because we needed ELDs. Garmin's in a whole different category here.
5: Yeah, Crash McNally, it, it's been pretty good. But of course, the truck routing sucks. And I want it to be compatible with all my other stuff. Uh, I don't often talk about uh, nutrition and, and health on the show. I, I hardly listen because I, I do so much stuff myself. But I do have something if you needed something else to talk about
0: sure go ahead
5: um, I have this this problem when I work out where where the um, the bowels don't clear completely and then when I you know run and stuff I get it's like irritable bowel like I'll have to like get the run during my workout sometimes when I'm running and I called dr. radio and of course they said okay you need a colonoscopy even though my friend who's a GI doctor won't do it because I'm in such good shape. It, it, there's just good. no reason.
0: Good for him. To do and eat more fiber. Oh, Joe, please stop with the fiber stuff. Um, if we haven't figured out by now that fiber is not the answer to digestive issues. I so told the story before I'll go back. I, I've had digestive issues my whole life. Going back to when I was a child in kindergarten, I drank grape juice. was the only one because they said I was lactose intolerant. When I was 10, I spent a week in the hospital and they said I had colitis and I should eat more fiber and less fat and no fried foods and all kinds of crazy stuff. And it didn't work. And I was taking all kinds of fiber supplements and none of that worked. And I've tried all kinds of stuff on and off. You know what finally fixed all of my digestive issues? Keto fixed most of them. I did have to go through several fat digestion kits to get that working. Carnivore for the most part, no digestive issues whatsoever, and that is the lowest fiber diet I've ever eaten. I am eating less fiber right now than I ever have in my life, and my digestion is better than it's ever been. Fiber's not the answer. Um, I I do
5: gotta (coughs) say, he he does agree that you don't drink, uh, that you shouldn't do fiber, he he does, he didn't say that, so I'm kinda wrong, but he did say more bland cereal, like in the morning, and cut out dairy.
0: I could agree with the dairy. We should cut out dairy while we're trying to solve digestive issues, even if we're eating carnivore. You're just gonna have to skip the dairy for a while and be even more restricted until we get it figured out. Usually though on carnivore, there isn't much to figure out. It just works. People might experience some constipation in the first week or two, and then that seems to resolve and we don't see it again. Uh, It's almost always plants that disrupt our digestion. So, and cereals are the worst offenders. Cereal grains are what is creating things like leaky gut and irritable bowel and Crohn's and all these other um, inflammatory digestive issues are caused by cereal grains and gluten and glyphosate. So eliminating plants or minimizing plants in our diet is a, a better way to fix digestion. My guess is going to be if I had to try to find the root cause of why you're having these specific issues, my guess would be that your working out is actually creating um, too many stress chemicals, cortisol and some other things, and yeah. that may be causing the disruption.
5: You're absolutely right. I and I do this green supplement where it's a like basically dirt and all these vegetables and like uh, super blend oh, of stop like that. dirt and stop that vegetables. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing too much of that. Why is this watch thing, uh, HRV status? wear for three weeks? I mean, I wore it for three weeks and I've got everything else. Are but you? It, it won't do an HRV. And I don't even know what that means.
0: Are you wearing it at night when you're sleeping?
5: I, yeah, I was, I didn't for the past uh, like two months, but before that I was, yeah, I, I, I was. you won't, yeah, I was it, for
0: about a month. It's really hard for the watch to create HRV if it can't monitor while you sleep. If it can monitor HRV while you sleep, you should get a reading within a day or two.
5: I got one for the day, but it can't do a, uh, like three week. Like it says where for another three weeks.
0: For, oh, it,
5: what is it trying to do? Like a lifetime. It's, and it's what does that mean? Anyway, you want that number high, right?
0: Yes. This is a number we want high and people confuse heart rate variability, which is what HRV stands for. They confuse it with heart rate it is a very, very different measurement. It is a measurement of what the heart is doing. So here's the the easiest way I can explain it. Heart rate is how many times your heart beats in a minute, correct? I think we're all pretty familiar with that. We good so far?
5: Yeah, I just, I put it on mute so you can't hear uh, the okay. interference in the truck.
0: Got it, I'll go ahead and explain then and I won't ask for feedback right now. So heart rate it's just simple. How many times your heart beats in a minute. You can figure it out with your yourself with nothing but your fingers. Find your pulse in your wrist or your neck, feel the heartbeat, watch look at a watch and nurses will just do it for 15 seconds and multiply by 4. But if you want to be more accurate, count your pulse for the full 60 seconds. And let's say that it just happens to be 60. You actually add 60 beats in that minute. We would assume, but we would be incorrect. We would assume that your heart was beating once every second. But if it were truly beating once every second exactly, you would be almost dead. You would have a very, very low heart rate variability. That's the important word. HRV, what we're measuring is your heart's going to beat once and then we're waiting for the next beat and we're measuring the time in between the beats. If it were one second for that whole minute, you had no variability at all. You would probably be dead. What we want to see is a lot of variability. So this beat, maybe there was 0.7 seconds in between. The next beat, maybe it was 1.2 seconds in between. Then maybe it went to 1.8 seconds, and then maybe it dropped down to 0.4 seconds. The more it varies between beats, the more it jumps around, the healthier you are. Now, I don't know how to explain why that is. I've read about it, and I don't really get it, but we know that it's absolutely true. It is a direct correlation. The higher the number of your heart rate variability, the healthier and stronger you are. And we can change this number. I've I've changed mine from the low 30s to the high 50s in less than a month. And and I'm doing it right now. I'm, I'm back up into the low 50s again. And I had been down into the high 30s when I was biohacking some things. But that's what HRV is. I now believe... It is the single most important indicator of health that we can measure ourselves. So Tony, you can unmute yourself and tell me what you think of all that.
5: Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'll just have to ignore it and just keep doing what I'm doing because it says I'm at 63 right now, but seven week or seven day average, it can't do because um, I lost the data and I haven't been wearing it at night, but uh, it's saying all that's good VO2 max, uh because if i think about it i'll i'll go into afib and and like yeah, i want to create this variability yeah right when,
0: when it, well here's the you, interesting you can't thing think about it. You just, here here's the interesting thing if we would think about stress you know we're going to be in a really stressful situation would our heart rate variability go up or down do you think up Nope. it actually goes down
5: what is weird is that when I'm doing sit-ups or something uh, with my core, my heart rate, you would think it'd go to like really high because I'm breathing heavy. It goes down to like 90.
0: Interesting. And
5: when I'm running, it's like always 150. That yeah, is so it, weird.
0: That is weird. Kind that's, of the
5: same thing maybe.
0: Yeah, that's an interesting. Something about that movement is actually calming you. It's not a bad thing. That's an interesting discovery there. But when we are stressed, our heart rate variability actually goes down. But if this is the ironic thing about this, if we use what's called you stress properly over time, that builds our heart rate variability. So when I talk about the cold exposure, the heat exposure, the breathing and the HIIT training, the the resistance, the high intensity resistance training, All of those things in the moment when we're doing them make our heart rate variability go down. But ultimately, when we do them a couple times a week, it will make our heart rate variability go up over time. And that's a direct measurement of our physical fitness.
5: The doctors would say that you want to do, you know, 30 minutes of cardio, like heart rate up there into the 80 to 90 percent. No. For, you know, I don't know, 50 percent of the time. That's not to lower your resting heart rate. And I subscribe to that. I've been doing it for years. You can do that. This is probably more important.
0: This is far more important. And it's a lot easier because we're going to do high intensity, short duration instead of that nice, steady stuff. Now, both are good. I, you know, I talk about gardening and gardening. Gardening is like eight hours of cardio. I get nice, moderate heart rate levels all day long, elevated, but moderately elevated all day long while I'm out there. And occasionally when I'm, you know, lifting up 80 pound rocks and building rock walls like I was doing yesterday, um, I get big surges of high intensity for short durations. So that that's really what we're looking for. I, I'm not a fan of these long duration cardio um, events. It's not that it's bad for you. To me, it's just not worth all the time invested unless I really enjoy it. And I don't.
5: In my sphere, it's all about your peak, like how like peak uh, achievement and how high you can get your heart rate, like the really intense. So you have to build a really big foundation first and go long distance. But
0: well, wait that a minute. determines
5: the height I, of your I, peak when you're going really fast.
0: I would argue that. Because I don't do that. I hate long distance. I hate cardio. So I w- instead, I would jump right into hit training. So instead of me going out and running two miles, which would be a cardio event for me, I will go out to the back hill here behind my house, pretty steep hill. And I will sprint for 30 seconds up that hill as fast as I can go. And then I'll walk back down. And then I'll sprint back up and I'll build the same kind of cardio. You will, I'll just do it in a much shorter period of time.
5: And the argument would be that that's good and I recommend it, but it won't be as good as if you, you know, put in the the baseline first and then do that. In addition to it, you'll eventually you'll be able to do even faster and stronger. Um, but if I could, I don't want to miss body battery. Because I haven't heard enough about that, and I want to know what it is.
0: <sighs> Body battery not to jump is around or anything. no, that's fine. Because we're really not; those two go hand in hand, and I use them together. Body battery is almost like sleep in that I don't think we've got this completely figured out yet. It's it's good information, but it's not. It's not as good as I'd like it to be yet. And I, I just, it's not the device. It's, there are no devices that measure any of this stuff really accurate. We, we are not measuring sleep correctly. I'm positive of it now. And without being able to measure sleep correctly, body battery gets hard to understand. Um, there isn't as much of a correlation as I think there should be. Body battery is trying to estimate our store of energy. And for the most part, it is pretty accurate. If I can get my body battery to a 100, which is maxed out, and for me it's almost impossible. Um, mostly because I'm usually biohacking something or but if I can, oh, I, I know. If I wake up and I've got a body battery above 75, maybe I don't get to a hundred. I could go out and do physical labor for 12 hours straight that day, and I'm not going to wear out. If I wake up and I've had that really bad night of sleep, my body battery's under 10, I might as well forget physical exertion today. I'm not going to be able to do it. I just don't have the energy.
5: This thing is saying I'm at 50, plus 53, minus 34. I got horrible sleep last night For me.
0: Well, wait a minute. I'm just kidding.
5: If if you add
0: 53 and 34, the plus and the minus, you can add them together and that'll tell you when you peaked overnight. So you're almost to 90. That's a hell of a score. That's a good night. That would tell you that if you want to go do one of those really hard workouts today, go do it. If you wake up and you're at 20 first thing in the morning, you should rest that day. You should do things that are less physically exerting and give your body a break. That's that's the most important way we use that number to determine what I should do today based on my body battery.
5: I'm one of those people that will uh, will do that workout if if I'm at zero.
0: You shouldn't uh, in the
5: rain. But you, sh- you shouldn't. Is, am what? I missing on a group? Because why are we doing this if uh, if we're not sharing our results? Uh, am I supposed to be like contributing to a a group hey, on, the, on these Garmin you, stats? Like,
0: are you, you, you taking data? You should if we were running something somewhat organized and we're not yet. So people do share it on HealthyTribe.com. We're not really organized on it yet. Um, I use a lot of my data or I, I can look at what somebody's posting and figure something out. A lot of other people might not be able to. So to answer your question, it'd be nice if we were sharing more and we had a more of a formal program, but we don't yet.
5: All right. I'll just mess with Joel really quick. I, uh, You say uh, you got to know your numbers. I said that I ran a 619.2 miles to Joel. What's yours? And he said my average load is 550 to 600 miles. So he didn't know I was talking about on foot. Uh, that's my joke about ah,
0: truck drivers yeah. and uh, <laughs> their fitness. Yeah.
5: Got to right. leave it at that. My. Uh, there you go. Check in on this lumber fee.
0: All right. Thanks, there you Kevin. go. I got to run too. Got lots of calls piling up now that I decided to stay here. Uh, let's go to mass this time. Todd, welcome to the program.
6: Hey, Kevin. Uh, another little quick health thing. I'm just curious though, did, did Morgan give you a hint on what I was calling about?
0: Uh, I don't know. Let me check. I'll tell I, you what. Sure oh, pop quiz is all I see.
6: Okay, good. <laughs> so here is my question. And, uh, do you know, cause I'm not sure I know the answer either, but do you know what the biggest muscle in the body is?
0: Uh, the biggest no, or the, the biggest or the strongest.
6: I read it was the biggest. So I'm going to stay with that word. I, if I also be the strong,
0: if I had to guess, I, it's, I would think it's somewhere in the area of the quadriceps or the hip flexors.
6: Yeah. Well, yes. And and the thing is, um, what I read is it's the, um, oh my God, here I am calling about it. The, um, the the glutes, right? So, and all we do is we freaking sit on them. Oh yeah. You know, and I, you know, and, I don't understand how it is that the biggest muscle is something that we sit on because we're different today than we were, you know, you know it's
0: lifestyle, but it's funny you brought this up because just yesterday I was doing a lot of stuff in the garden that required me to be down low on the ground. And yep. what we used to do as hunter gatherers that we almost never do anymore, we used to do a lot of squatting, not sitting. We right. didn't sit yeah. and do things. Yeah. We squatted all the way down, deep, deep squats. And that's how we would, would okay. do things. And I got thinking about it yesterday and I tried it. It's difficult if you're not used to it. Yeah, my glutes were screaming. My hip flexors were screaming. My quads were screaming. Um, but that we used to yep. squat all the time like that. We don't anymore.
6: I lived, just real quick, isn't is what I was calling about, but I, I lived as a contractor in undeveloped countries around the world in Africa and Asia. And you would be on foot with people doing various things meetings and walk around. And there was almost never a chair. And if it was a chair, it was a stool. And it was about, you know, ankle height. You would just squat down when you got tired and you would sit there, a bunch of men squatting and talk. Anyway, uh, what I really wanted to ask you is how in the hell now, and I don't, I think squats are not the answer. Now, how in the hell do you develop this muscle? The best exercise I've seen, I haven't been able to get the equipment yet to do it, is uh, hip thrust. Because squats, frankly, they don't do squat, frankly. You know what I mean? It's just a play on words. But you do squats all day long. You're not getting your glutes sore. It just doesn't, I don't think so. Well,
0: I I would argue that that one of the best single exercises we can do is deep squats. Deep, like as far as you can go, like your ass is touching your calves when you're at the bottom. And that might mean that you're only using body weight. You know, we're not going to be doing these 400 pound squats when we're doing this. Right. It's just too dangerous. It's way too hard on that joint. This is exactly why the bands are so good, because I can use a band and I can use a really strong band because all these muscles are big, strong muscles. But when I'm down at that deepest point, I don't want any resistance down there. And that's what a band does. I can use the strongest band I have, but when I'm all the way down at the bottom in my deep squat position, there's no resistance. It's easy on the joint. The resistance gets harder. The more I go up that that's perfect for this.
6: Yeah. It, it, I mean, I, I, I could try it, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a very long time gym rat. Although I, I quit going to gyms in like 2011. I do stuff at home, but, uh, I, I mean, I'm a lifelong guy, and I I haven't used bands, but I it's so difficult to, to to you know engage that muscle and to get it sore. And if you haven't done squats like I haven't for years, and you do them, which I have recently, and you just get your quads sore, maybe it's hard to get sore when you're a carnivore, I guess. But you cannot get the that that glute so- muscle.
0: So if that's the case and you've got another exercise, like you, you said, then, then do that. That's fine. Um, Sometimes it's a positioning thing. Sometimes it's just a little different for each person. Are your toes pointing in? Are they pointing out? But, but ultimately I believe in results. And if you have another exercise that you feel you get better results from, then you should do that. Yeah,
6: I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to hand make a uh, you know, like a regular bench you would use at the gym is, is flat. I want to slant it down. Like I'm going to guess 20 degrees. So your back isn't, it's it's just an awkward thing. You just have to, you know, your feet flat on the floor and then your back on the, anyway, I, I don't want to get into that detail. That's why I haven't done it yet, but I, you know, I've tried it with what I do have and it, it you know, it engages it, but I don't have what I want set up yet. And anyway, I just, I wanted to see if you you knew something from your time, you know, owning a gym and all that and something. So I'm the guy, you know, I I posted the pictures. I I eat raw stick grass-fed steak in the truck and, you know, even people in the tribe think that's strange and it, it really becomes normal After a while, and so I'm looking for things, even though I'm home every day while I'm on the road, so I don't have to pack stuff, because I can always find a parking spot in my field and a lot of big grocery stores. And uh, and I'm just wondering what you think about if I crack a couple of eggs and something I can just shake them up and just drink them down and... and steak and eggs that
0: way. I don't think there's anything in the wrong with raw eggs at all, uh, or raw meat. I eat both. It's not a real regular thing for me, but I enjoy both of them. I've never been afraid of raw eggs, even store-bought. Uh, I don't use store-bought eggs anymore. Well, even if I do, they're going to be pastured and all that. Um, but when I used to eat conventional eggs, I have been eating raw eggs my whole life. I, it's just never been an issue for me. And I've eaten raw meat my whole life, um, beef especially. But I eat very, very rare pork these days. I've never really ate raw pork because I don't like the texture or the taste. But um, raw beef is a, a, you know, beef carpaccio, beef. Um, there's another dish um, where it's sliced. can't remember that one. But yeah, I, I I believe that eating part of our food raw is a good idea.
6: And, and right, so just parenthetically, the hunter-gatherer thing, that where I said I lived overseas in, in these developing countries. I, I find it hard to believe that, you know, whatever it was, uh, 300,000 years ago, whatever, that people were going to use a resource that they could build a shelter with or make a weapon from, just going to use it, if they have control of fire, to burn or whatever, cook or apply heat to their food, when you can just eat it raw. I just, I, I just don't see it. You know, I just, and so I'm, I'm looking to eat more and more foods raw.
0: Well, let me, so let me, I, you know, I buy- let me also throw something else in here though. I don't believe we should eat all yeah. of our food raw. And there are people who believe right. that they eat raw food diets. They tend to be vegan, vegetarian, raw food. Um, right. But I don't believe we should eat all of our food raw. The act of cooking food makes it much more digestible. There, there is an issue there. And there is a belief that we developed bigger brains after we learned how to cook food. And it's one of the things that separates us from other animals that can't cook food. There, There's a strong belief that cooking food changed us and, and allowed our brains to grow bigger. So I, I do believe we yeah. should be cooking um, at least half of our food and I don't have any scientific reason for saying half it's just what I've kind of thrown out there I would not eat an all raw food diet but I wouldn't eat an all-cooked food diet either I would have a mix in there somewhere
6: okay i I think so too and I guess and I never thought to put a number to it but I'm maybe that's where I'm headed to get raw half raw because I just I, I just can't because I know. Uh, microwaves will literally change the molecular structure of food. And I hear you talk about it. It makes me cringe a little bit. Uh, but applying heat, you know, some mild heat, I think is not entirely without value. Only thing I, one word comes to mind is lycopene and tomatoes or watermelons. Well, wait, wait, you wait. At it.
0: <clears throat> yeah, you're going back to yeah, plants yeah. again. And I, I think we got to throw the whole plant I- stuff out the window till we figure it out better. But I can talk about cooked meats and animal products. And I don't stop at lightly cooking. I pressure can stuff at high temperatures and high pressures. I think it's good for us. It breaks the meat down and makes it much more digestible. And what are we damaging? The, The nutrition we get from meat is not easily damaged. The one thing we lose completely when we put heat to it is vitamin C. And I've talked about you should be eating raw liver if you're worried about vitamin C because raw liver is loaded with vitamin C. Just don't heat it up. Don't cook it. But, yep. but when we cook meat, we don't damage the minerals. You can't damage those. They're, they're metals. They're not going away. They're not changing. Right. Um, we may be slightly changing the structure of the proteins and the fats, but it doesn't seem to have any negative consequence. Nobody eating a pure raw food diet is healthier than somebody eating a partially raw food diet and and mostly cooked at least half. There's just no evidence that cooking our food has any negative effect at all and has very positive effects. Now, what what else are we losing with heat? And here's another reason why we eat raw. We're losing enzymes and bacteria with heat. So that's why we don't have to eat all of our food raw; just some, so that we get those enzymes and bacteria.
6: Yeah, I I completely agree. I was gonna I was gonna come up with the word enzyme. I was I, you know I might have come up with the bacteria, but I yeah I'm familiar with it. I just like I said, I I used to be a raw vegan, which is what I think I suffer so much from oxalates and recovering, and why yes. I re, why I refer to myself on the tribe as a fat buck because I really am angry uh, very angry about, you know, the fact that I still got this, this gut, even though I'm, I'm, a you know, uh, what do you call U S wellness meets carnivore. And it just, it, it aggravates me. And, and, um, so I do eat there getting back to the liver and the vitamin C. I, I eat, um, a few times a week there. Uh, it's the meat they send you. It's, it's a heart, liver, kidney. And, um, I do cook it, but maybe uh, I should try it raw. It is kind of disgusting. I, I took a so here's, and I cracked.
0: Here's an easy way to do raw liver. And, and I wouldn't worry about yeah. raw heart or spleen or kidneys or any of those other things. Uh, but liver, I would see, do raw. And the easy way is yeah. cut it into cubes that you would be able Please. to swallow and freeze it. Mm. And then just pop them mm. like a pill just swallow a couple of those cubes every day and you're good.
6: I remember I was like two years ago. I remember you said that and I did try it and maybe I didn't chop them small enough, but I was like trying to get them down and they were trying to come back up. It was so disgusting. Make it small. Um, It it should
0: be easy. If it's disgusting and you're gagging and choking, that's not how this should work. (laughs) If you can swap, just cut it smaller Then, Yeah. Yeah.
6: Maybe maybe I'll try it, and uh but as long as I'm eating raw meat, maybe I will try that heart liver kidney mixture sure, just take a little bit boom of it raw and just try it and cook the rest uh, but I, I couldn't eat it even with cooked, and then i I heard you say, and you know I'm the anti food the unfoody. i i got I'm nothing you know I just I want as caveman as I can get it because i'm just I don't like food prep but anyway i did crack a couple of eggs on it and it made a big difference good and, uh, it became much more edible in the, in the pan and so anyway uh there you go I'm grateful for all that so all right well um thanks very much kevin i'll uh, i'll chime in when i can again thank you
0: sounds good thanks for the call let's go to new jersey randy welcome to the program oh let me try that again randy welcome
7: how are you doing today, Kevin?
0: Doing great. What's on your mind? Hey,
7: okay, there's the beat. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, I have to say something on what Joel said on Friday. He, he started saying about how when people say cat engines were the best ever, he gets like completely upset and he started talking about the crankshaft. Yes. I'm surprised you didn't say nothing. Because we all know, I mean, we've all heard about the cat crankshafts cracking. But we also know nobody ever replaces the crankshaft dampeners.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that that is a factor in it, there's no doubt. But that that engine tends to be even more susceptible. And, and really, I think he was being a little over the top, and I do it as well, because we've both fought this forever, this perception of, you know that is just the bulletproof engine when it's really not. It has a couple of issues we have to be very careful of in our common. The crank's one, but so are head gaskets. We blow more head gaskets yep. and crack more heads on cats than almost any other engine.
7: Yep, I I've heard that, but I will say I'm kind of happy with mine. My I had an in frame at one point three million, but I have over two million on the original block. The cam and the crank and all the followers and rockers.
0: Yeah, there's no doubt. We're not saying it's junk. It's not. It's a good, solid engine. It was, you know, the heavy haul choice, and it should have been. When you compare it to the other two, when we had the big three, Cat was clearly the winner in heavy haul. What we're trying to get people to understand is that was a long time ago. Hell, they don't even make an engine anymore. But but this idea that yeah. if we were to take the best configuration you could ever put together for heavy haul with a CAT and a traditional driveline, 18-speed, you know, heavy differentials, whatever it might be, build the best heavy haul configuration you could have ever built with CAT, we can blow it out of the water now with a Volvo. And people look at you and think you're an idiot if you say that. But it's provable. It's physics. It is a much, much better setup for heavy haul.
7: I have looked at the new Volvos like you guys said. And yeah, it's it definitely the Volvo five years ago. We'll just put it that way.
0: No, that this, this idea like now of connected. being able to spec a truck that has crazy low crawler gears, that we have unlimited startability, and we can then spec that same truck with all that startability to run in three different gears at highway speeds, that's unheard of. We can't do that. We can do it yeah. with Freightliner, but not much of anything else. And even Freightliner's options aren't it, as good as Volvo's.
7: And, and I will say that for a new truck, if I had to go out and buy a new one, I, with listening to you guys, it definitely, I, I like the idea of what Volvo's been doing, especially when you add in the uh, max mileage from Bruce.
0: Uh, honestly, as much as I recommend the max mileage, if you were to spec this truck right run it right, it's not necessary. It doesn't need any additives. Gotcha.
7: That's nice to see somebody finally using their heads and putting things together for a change.
0: Yeah, it's, it's uh, and we, you know, Freightliner's not far behind. International may be the next company we see that gives us a really specable truck like this. Packard, I, I think Packard and Cummins, um, they just can't seem to get it together on this concept at all. They're they're at the opposite end of the spectrum,
4: and they seem to be getting worse. I know instead of better.
0: I know, <laughs> and you and you can't do the proprietary systems because you know Packard doesn't have an engine and a drive line and. So I, I think they are falling behind on this one. And I don't want to see that. I yeah. want to see us have as many options as we want. If you want a Peterbilt, I wish we could spec one that would be as good as some of these other options.
7: Yeah, I agree. Hey, are you still pushed for time or can I go on to another subject?
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. You may be the last call today, but go ahead.
7: Um, doctors that I go and see at the VA, um, I just had a test done the other day on for carpal tunnel. And of course, right away, they're doing like the old thing says is right away is, oh, we got to get you into a surgeon and, and you got to get that operated on.
0: Yeah, don't. Uh,
7: yeah, I'm I'm not looking forward to that. There's got to be a way. Now, they had me on blood pressure medicine. And Said, stop. Just let,
0: let's just stop. And, let, let's just stop. I'll just okay. cut to the chase. Are you willing to radically right. change your diet?
7: already have.
0: Okay. So tell me about your diet and how long
7: probably at least I made the initial change about seven years ago. I will say lately, maybe the last six months to a year, I've kind of fallen off the wagon per se, but I still don't eat breads. I don't eat a lot of carbohydrates. When
0: you say you've fallen off the wagon, you're, you're telling me you're not eating any of these things. What, what, did you fall off the wagon? What are you doing that you would consider falling off the wagon? I'll eat a donut every now and again. Well, you just said you don't eat and grains still. <laughs> so so don't lie to me because you got to be accurate with your words. Words are important. That's, I why, that's why I have to dig here because you said I fell off the wagon. I don't eat grains ever. I don't do this. Well, what did you fall off then? Then you tell me you ate a donut. The donut may be the worst food on the planet. If we look at the three worst offenders in our diet, wheat, bad fats, and sugar, that's a donut. Yeah. You put wheat and sugar together and you fry it in really, really bad, damaged oils. That's a donut. There's your carpal tunnel.
7: So you would say pretty much just get back strict on carnivore or
0: some yes. sort
7: of paleo and
0: no not paleo yeah. anymore. I can't say paleo oh. anymore because right. paleo could include an awful lot of plants. And with an awful lot of plants in your diet, I can't guarantee you're going to fix this. This could be an oxalate issue. And if you keep eating a whole bunch of plants and you're overloaded with oxalates, the rest of your diet might be really clean. This is not going to go away.
7: All right. So I really have to go to strict carnivore then.
0: Uh, Nobody does really, really strict carnivore. Well, I shouldn't say nobody, but it's rare. We don't have to get too strict on carnivore. I still eat plants. I'm more careful about which plants I eat. And I watch oxalates and lectins and phytates and if you're willing to monitor all that stuff and kind of know what you can eat in the plant world and what you can't then go ahead and eat the plants but if you're if you're not sure then the closer you stay to carnivore the better this will resolve
7: all right so that's the second thing they wanted to get inside already and operate. Of course, they like do. A foot of my large intestine.
0: Uh, uh, oh hell! I'm like, wait, wait, wait! Stop! Yeah. I, you were talking about carpal tunnel. What's going on? What they want to take out intestine? You didn't tell me about that.
7: Oh, this was the time before they did a. I was when I was fifty years old. They did, a course the the uh, they threw a fit, and I finally caved in and went and got a uh,
0: colonoscopy. Colonoscopy
7: done. And when it came back, they found this odd nodule or lump or something you want to call it that was in my intestine close to the appendix. And of course, the doctor's in there telling me, well, we don't know what it is. It could be cancerous. We don't know. But we just recommend you you just take it out. And while we're in there, we'll just remove the top foot of the large intestine, take
0: out the appendix and everything. Never. No. No. Never let them take out part of your body unless we have three doctors and at least two of them functional medicine doctors telling us it's the only choice.
7: Yeah. Well, I, I got into an argument with the surgeon because she's like, well, it could be cancerous. I said, it
0: could not be. Absolutely. Like, so well, let's it
7: might turn into cancer.
0: Everything, every cell like, in I'm our like body, not. every cell in our body has the potential to become cancerous. And many of them do, and then our immune system eliminates them like it's supposed to. So if I'm eating a good, clean diet and I have a strong immune system, I'm not worried about cancer.
7: I just, I'm just not wanting to go down that
0: road. Your brain could develop Alzheimer's someday. Maybe we should take it out. That's probably what happened to the doctor.
7: (laughs) I think some of the doctors have already had it removed.
0: Yeah. That, that, that's Yeah, it's 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 our medical system is designed to to for procedures. That's how they make money.
7: Yeah. And I and I hate to be that hard on the VA cuz it's everybody Oh, the VA is oh, the worst. The, the
0: VA is the worst. I know. Because it's government run, that's the problem. <laughs> but then if you don't use it, you lose it. It's like,
7: oh my god. I, Sometimes it's like, all right, I might just just go pay for my own
0: I made that decision a long, long time ago. I pay for my own medical care.
7: Yeah, yeah, I may not be too far behind you. Because, you know, I understand they want to take, take care of me and stuff. No they, the no, they don't. No,
0: they don't. Stop. Stop, stop lying to yourself. They, they don't care about taking care of you. The individual people might. We don't know. Some do, clearly. Some don't. Some are somewhere in between. The problem is not the individual people. The system is not designed at all to take care of yourself and stop saying that. The system is designed to milk as much money out of you as they possibly can.
5: You're right about that.
7: It seems to be just getting worse.
0: Yep, it is. It is. It was bad 10 years ago. It's far worse now. And I don't see it slowing down. Now, now, not only is Wagovi and Ozempic, the diabetes drugs, toxic, highly toxic diabetes drugs, not only are they good for weight loss, they claim, and being prescribed for weight loss, kids all the way down to 14, um, there was some new report that just came out. I don't know. They're good for something else, mental health or something. I don't know what it was. I tried to ignore it actually, but there's some new thing they're going to start pushing these drugs for because that is their model. Um, I saw them advertising a drug on TV the other day. It was a totally illegal commercial. That drug has never been approved for that. And yet they were advertising. it. It's called off-label advertising and they will pay a fine because they did it, but they don't care that it's illegal, they'll pay the fine because they make more money selling that drug to you. All right, we're gonna wrap this up today. I do have to get on with my day. Really, I've got a lot of planning and work for my shows for the rest of the week. We've got that big schedule change this week and I've got to get on it. So we will see you back here tomorrow for the Power Hour uh, and I'll give you an update on the schedule for the rest of the week then. Be safe, be profitable, be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work and master the journey.